Today we're talking about five of the weirdest reasons why INFJs get rejected. INFJs know the feeling of getting rejected, but every single time it seems like we're surprised because we still don't know what's going on, why, because to us it's completely random, it's completely weird, it's out of no context. And so, you know, with time we have learned that, yeah, this is probably like one of those times, but in the end, they are ridiculous reasons, particularly if they're looked at from our perspective. So today we're looking into five of the weirdest reasons INFJs get rejected. Before we get started, I want to remind you, if you haven't done this so far, to download the free poster on the INFJ Epic Life Formula. And if you want to take it to the next level and start your epic journey, then get the INFJ Epic Life Audio Guide. Everything you need to know, you can find in the links in the description. Reason number one. The INFJ is disarming. And this is something that is supposed to be a good thing. You see how people react to that. How often have you met somebody and there's such a nice flow to the conversation. The person opens up, there's trust, there's mutual respect there. It's a really nice atmosphere and you actually feel like you're bringing something to the other person. You're making them feel seen, making them like, you know, vulnerable and happy to be around you. But most of the time, these are the people that actually Actually reject you. Every time you as an INFJ had an experience that was out of the ordinary, where you felt like you had something deeper, something more meaningful, there was a special moment and a special connection that happened. Those are the moments where so many INFJs get rejected afterwards. And this is actually one of the weirdest reasons that actually exists, but it's the most common one. We as INFJs are disarming. We make people feel vulnerable around us and comfortable at the same time. But that in itself makes people completely nervous. They don't feel in control. And at some point, you're going to be a human being. You're going to say something that will make you seem like you have the upper hand or that you aren't as involved or, you know, invested into that relationship as they are, even if it was just one conversation. And that freaks people out. I've experienced this from early childhood on and it never made sense to me. But now, you know, after having talked to so many INFJs over the years, this is a common threat. It's something that we all experience and we just have to be aware of that this is what happens. You can come at it with the best intentions. You can come at it with, you know, such a gratitude and such grace and, you know, being open and authentic and vulnerable. But know that if you disarm people, if you make them comfortable in that moment, it really is for that moment. And it's something that they're not comfortable in on a daily basis. And so they can be this way when they know for sure that you are on their side. And they know that because you have eye contact, you're there with them, you connect with them. But the moment they actually see that the reason why you have been able to be that for them is that you actually do have control over that situation, that you can, you know, stand still in that moment and feel comfortable enough to open up this way. That's when people get really uncomfortable. That's when they get scared and that's when they start rejecting you. So knowing that can give INFJs a real manual of how to deal with situations like this. And the main takeaway from this is be really, really careful who you open up to and who you allow to open up to you on such a short, you know, interaction with a scenario that they're normally not used to. And not because there's something wrong about it or, you know, that it isn't beautiful because it definitely is. Like the moments that are most burned in my memories are because of situations like this, are because of, you know, deep conversations, having some interaction that was just amazing and intense. 
but every single time it had you know this kind of reaction afterwards because in order for this interaction to have been so intense it must have had a big impact on that person and if it does then they're not ready for that. They were pretty much guided into this world, but that doesn't mean that they have the strength to go back there with you, particularly if you're not, you know, hand holding them throughout the entire time. And you won't be able to do that because at some point you have to make sure that you're your own person. So please don't take this personally. Like understand the value that these moments bring to you, but also know, okay, when am I going to do that again? And I, for myself, have learned I'm not doing this at all with anybody anymore. Like I'm not saying I'm not opening up with people, but I'm not, you know, bulldozing people into these situations anymore. I used to do that because I didn't have an outlet for it. And now because of the way I set up my life, I do have those outlets. So these situations don't just happen like they used to. I'm not like looking for them because I know that these are not going to have healthy outcomes. Reason number two, why INFJs get rejected is because INFJs get vocal about vulnerable things. So we actually see, oh, that person has an insecurity. We see that person struggles to, you know, live out their dream. We see that there are situations that make people uncomfortable and we pretty much voice them. We make those unconscious thing conscious because for us, there isn't such a big difference between those two. Like we see those things and it's just like the person told us. We see that another person is struggling with something internally. And for us, it's the same thing as if that person would have told us straight, like looking into our eyes, you know, I have a problem with this. Like I have an insecurity when it comes to, you know, speaking in front of people or when it comes to, you know, comparing myself to these people. It's so obvious to us that we tend to make it, you know, no. And we do it one way or another. We actually either vocally express it when the situation requires it, or we show it through our, you know, gestures, through the way we carry ourselves. We show the other person, for example, oh, I see that you're struggling. I'm going to be kind to you. But the fact is that person continuously has shown up as somebody with a big bravado, with a big ego. And if you come at them, not from the perspective of, oh, you're trying to be like this great big person, or you're also not looking at them from the perspective of, oh, I admire you, but you act towards them in a way of, you know, I see that you're struggling, let me help you. This is dynamite to people who actually struggle with things internally. Like those vulnerabilities, they try to keep hidden. And on top of that, things that seem so obvious to you are not obvious to other people. They really go through life thinking, nobody knows this about me. They themselves probably don't even admit that to themselves. But the reason why we are able to see that is because we're really good at pattern recognition. We have seen similar situations. We've seen people act in similar ways. And so we can just, you know, make the conclusion of, oh, okay, that person is acting this way. So that's what's going on. And this happens in a millisecond. And again, it's so obvious to us, but for others it's not. And so when you get into situations like this, just remind yourself that just the fact that you know about this does not mean that you should act towards it. They are showing you what they wanna show you. And that's all that you're given. If a person acts stuck up, Take that at face value. Don't look beyond that and say, oh, the reason why they, you know, act stuck up is because underneath they have all this trouble. They might have that, but it's not for you to look that way. You can see that, but the point is this. The thing that they want to show you is that they're stuck up. 
that they feel like they're something better than you. That's how they want you to perceive them at that moment. So take that at face value. If you want to have an honest conversation with that person, the only way to really get that is if they themselves are willing to take a step back. If they themselves are really going down to a level of let's be authentic and you cannot push people no matter how well you know them, no matter how much you know you see them and you can show them that you see them, that's just going to make them reject you even more. So instead of looking behind the facade and like making those things conscious and vocalizing them, take it at face value. They're not being kind towards you don't be kind to them. Like, you know, you're being friendly, but show them, you know, their boundaries here. And you'll see how often people then will actually, you know, change their behavior because they see, well, this person isn't intimidated. They're not really taking me too seriously, but they're definitely also not going out of their way to, you know, help me or pretend like I cannot do this on my own. They can do this on their own. They can figure out all that stuff that's going in within them. And the most important part is you cannot do them for them anyway. You're just not capable of. Nobody can. The only person who can help them to really figure out their insecurities and so on is themselves. You can be a mirror for that. You can be a guide. You can be an inspiration, but you cannot force them to go there. You cannot talk to them in a way of you are already allowing me to see what's behind that because I'm just able to see that. No, you can't. It's like you have, you know, goggles on and you see people's underwear. That does not mean that they have, you know, taken off their clothes and they're willing for you to see them naked, right? See the difference here? And I really think if we make it as crass as this, you know, it allows us to understand when we're actually, you know, going overboard with certain things and when we should keep our distance. Reason number three why we get rejected is because we cross emotional boundaries. And this is different from the first two reasons because the one thing is that we're actually disarming towards others. They are, you know, open to tell us everything. The other thing is that we actually say things out loud or make them visible or conscious or just, you know, put it on the table when somebody has some insecurities that they're trying to hide. This one is really about us going too far and crossing boundaries in an emotional way. We write love letters. We, you know, tell somebody that we really like them. We are being vulnerable in a way that is not, you know, acceptable. And when I say acceptable, I really mean not only on like society's terms, but also what that person deems as acceptable. They really feel at that moment that you're crossing a boundary, that you are going out of your way and, you know, forcing them to open up. Because if you push this theme of, you know, there's so much emotional stuff going on here, and I'm not even talking about, you know, just romantic stuff. This could be with a coworker or a neighbor, but you're really going deep and you're doing this in a way that is maybe completely normal to you. And it's actually those things that we yearn for all our life. We want those deep connections. We want those deep conversations. This feels like the most natural thing to us. And then you see somebody, you know, having this complete meltdown over it and it ends up you getting rejected and you feel like, what just happened here? I had the best intentions. I was so honest with them. Like, how can they react this way when all I did was tell them the truth? truth. I wasn't lying. I was just stating the fact. We did have this nice conversation last time. This is a difficult situation for both of us because we have this, this, and this happened, whatever it may be. But the point is you're pushing something onto them. 
they are not at that level with you. And every single time you do that, it will make people reject you. So what are you going to do? Are you supposed to hide your true nature? Are you supposed to pretend like you're the superficial person who doesn't want to talk about those things? Not at all. It's actually the opposite because what you will see is that when you have those situations where somebody rejects you because of the emotionality that you bring to it, that you cross some boundaries, it's because we don't have any other outlet. And so we see this one little outlet, this one possibility, and we put it all in there and we go, you know, overboard times three. And then it's like no going back. The only way for you to be truly yourself and not have those situations constantly is to recognize that this is who you are and this is how you're allowed to be all the time with everybody. That doesn't mean that every single person that you encounter, you will want to go really, really deep with them. But I promise you that most INFJs, and I used to be this way as well, hold ourselves back 95% of the time with the people around us because we think they cannot handle it, they won't like it, I will be too much for them. And so of course, if you keep yourself hidden like this in a small bud and you have one opportunity for an outlet, you will just burst out, right? But if you are being yourself all the time and allow yourself to be too much, too intense, too honest, too whatever it may be, then people will have maybe some kind of weird reaction towards you and some will distance themselves, others will change the dynamic towards you, but you won't feel like you need an outlet anymore. Your life will be your outlet. And so when you have situations where you wanna go a little bit deeper with others, you can do this at a healthy pace. And it won't be that you can't hold yourself back because you're already letting everything out all the time. So please do yourself the favor. Understand that you have the right to be who you are and who you want to be with everybody. And if people reject that, you know, that's just part of life. And I promise you, once you start this process, you might have some weird reactions in the beginning, but once you found like your new, you know, base, your new equilibrium, you won't have those situations because you will attract different kinds of people into your life. The others for whom this is too much, they won't even be that close to your life. And it's a really interesting transition that will broaden your life so much, it's not even funny. Reason number four why INFJs get easily rejected is because we're givers, plain and simple. If you're somebody who constantly gives and somebody constantly takes, at some moment, they're not going to value you. That's just human nature. And particularly for people who are takers anyway, if they see that you're giving and it's not even a challenge to them, you know, at some point they're going to start resenting you, they're going to not like you, they're going to reject you. And so again, the question is, what do we do with that? Does that say that we're not supposed to be givers? But this is my nature, that's what I love to do. Yes, but do it in a way that values you first. You wanna give? give in a healthy environment. How often are you in a relationship? And again, I'm not talking strictly romantic here, any kind of interaction with another person where you give and you're actually helping others. But if somebody else would ask them, well, is this an equal relationship? They would say yes. So often we are helping others and we think that either the other person is aware of or we're sort of hiding it. A healthy situation where you're helping another person, it's obvious to both of them and it's openly discussed that you're a guide, you're a mentor, you're you know a coach, an inspiration, whatever it may be. You're not pretending like you're on eye level 
but in the back end, you're actually the one who's putting 70% into the relationship and they're putting in 30. This is just a recipe for disaster and that's a recipe for the INFJ getting rejected at some point. So you're not even getting anything great out of it. So really ask yourself, okay, do I need to give all the time because otherwise I would feel, you know, not valuable enough? That's the case and that's, you know, one of the main reasons why INFJs act this way. You know, let's focus on other areas. Let's see how we can give to ourselves in such a way that we feel valuable just by being and not by what we're doing for other people and then see how those dynamics change. And reason number five why INFJs get rejected is because we don't play the game. Like this is one of the things that makes people so uncomfortable that they try to fit in. They try to fit in the social game, you know, social media. I don't think INFJs even understand how social media really works on that, you know, aspect as in, Oh, I'm going to get likes and then I'm going to like myself more and then I'm going to, you know, like climb up that social hierarchy thing. I just don't think that's how our brain works. Like we're just not that invested in the game. And so we cannot feel it to that extent as other people could. And so you could say, okay, but isn't that a good thing? Yes, it is. But on some level, we're still seeking validation. There's still this last bit of us that doesn't want to fully commit to being outside of the box. We don't want to ask for validation, but we also don't want to show fully that we're completely beyond that. Because once you do that, there will be a separation between the people who play in that game and you. And that's a scary concept because once you do that, you have to give more to yourself. You're not going to get some validation from others as in, oh, you still belong to the group because it will be obvious to everybody involved that you're doing your own thing. And so this is a really important step for INFJs to take at some point because it really allows us to blossom. We can never blossom if we're in this limbo of, you know, I don't want to fully commit to, you know, being outside of the box, but at the same time, I also don't want to play the game. And so it pretty much leads to those underlying conversations that are sort of like, I know that you're playing the game. Why are you playing the game? Um, you know, you know that you're suffering. You don't have to pretend when this person that you're talking to obviously needs to play that game in order to feel comfortable. Like they need that for their feeling of belonging. And you, on the other hand, don't want to fully show up as the person who doesn't need to play that game. So the thing to do here is to really jump into the cold water and say, I'm fully committed to being the person who's out of the box. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to give, you know, so much abundance to myself and I'm not going to get it through, you know, being accepted in some kind of way. Yes, I'm not playing this game and I'm not going to pretend like I am. Remember if you want some more guidelines, how to take the leap into the cold water and start living your epic life, then get the free poster on the INFJ epic life formula. And if you want to go deeper and you say, now is the time to make it happen, then get the INFJ epic life audio guide. Everything you need to know, you can find in the links in the description. And if you want to watch another video now that is in alignment with today's topic, then watch the video on the five weirdest habits of INFJs.